Well, welcome back, everybody, to our podcast. We took a hi- hiatus, or however you say that word, a hiatus. Yeah, hiatus for a while. Uh, last podcast we did end of March, Kevin, and uh, and now we're back. Uh, we've been in quarantine for a we've while. We've been in quarantine, yes. We've been in self-isolation and uh, respecting all of this uh, distancing rules, etc. But I think we just... Uh, I think we put a delay on this just because of, of the quarantine, but also I, I think life got pretty busy here. Uh, you, you know, you're, you as the general manager, CAO for the staff, you um, you did a lot of things during COVID um, that a lot of people, you know, uh, struggled with, but you, we laid off a lot of employees, uh, which, you well, know. I think it, overall is important to know is that the city, you know, we were one of the last ones to close a rec facility. Um, we were the uh, one of the few communities that clo- uh, that did not close City Hall. Um, so what's important to note that you know we were we were you know following the chief medical officer of health's uh, you know orders um, before we kind of went ahead and started making decisions and staying in our own lane and uh, making it too restrictive for the uh, for the community that are that is beyond what the province was uh, was asking for so yeah um, during that time that last uh, that last discussion um, the podcast there is we made a lot of decisions uh, you know the closing of the energy center um, of course that resulted in uh, you know a number of staff you know not having a lot to do so you know and when revenues are way down and your your business uh, sector is uh, impacted, it's all about saving dollars as well and trying to balance the service needs of the community versus um, how much uh, staff that you need on. So yes, it did. A, you know, we impacted a lot of staff. I think up to around fifty one staff. I think was the final count number. Now note that you know in the end. A lot of the staff is uh, is back to work, but in different sectors right now. For example, since the decision of the uh, of, of the reopening uh, relaunch, uh, um, you know, we got approvals at that time to open up the marina, you know, and the uh, and the golf courses. Uh, that stage one kind of opened up the golf courses, so we're able to, and we've kind of moved staff uh, into some of those areas in order to get some hours and help out in, on that front. Yeah, Colix kind of a unique community. We have we manage a marina, uh, over two hundred fifty boat slip marina. One, uh, arguably one of the largest inland marinas in Canada, and we're pretty proud of that. Uh, Colix is a beautiful lake to go boating, and uh, certainly we're seeing a lot of people boating and fishing this year with uh, the COVID. And uh, you know, so the city operates that. There's a federal marina that just hasn't been turned over to us. We're we're still waiting for the paperwork. Mm-hmm. And how many years? I think yeah. we're I think we're working on six or seven or eight years on that one. So. Yeah, you know, the file moves yeah. along, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a beautiful uh, piece of a uh, you know infrastructure for the city and so unique. Um, a lot of municipalities don't have a marina, and of course, uh, we operate a, a golf course and curling club, and so we have staff over there, and uh, that golf course uh, has come along uh, in a big way over the years and they do the staff do a great job yeah the members were really loving the golf course so they said that so the condition is great out there i have uh, done a couple of tours talking with some of the people coming off and uh, and they've been uh, making some very uh, positive comments on the condition of the uh, of the course again this year yeah you know when the when the course got built uh, by the wing back in the day i mean uh, you know beautiful layout of the land you know you go into a jack pine forest it's kind of uh, unique it, it's a big space and so we're you know we're taking that we've taken that over now for several years it of course uh uh it's a big discussion on council every year to, to fund the uh, the golf course 
and uh, curling rink. And uh, of course, curling is big in Coal Lake. We've got a lot of people curling and it's a great activity. But uh, certainly uh, moving the staff around from the Energy Center over to the other other uh, venues that uh, gives them a different perspective uh, from the Energy Center and working at the, the golf course and the marina. So I always tease you when I retire. I wouldn't mind working at the marina. I can just sit in a chair and, and direct traffic uh, with people boat launching. But, uh, you know, it, so it's... You know, I don't we, know, sir. If we did that, I, I think we'd have a, a bird environment kind of coming to us because the mayor would be uh, working on expansion plans yeah. already down there. And we don't even have the approvals yet. Yeah. And you'll just be, hey, get on with it. Let's get her done. Well, you know, it's really neat. Uh, a good <laughs> friend of mine uh, has been waiting on that waiting list for a very long time. And, and he finally got his boat in the marina. So uh, I think he had like about eight year wait. But, uh, you know, it, the marina is so popular to put your boat in the in the, in the marina. We know that about 95% of the boaters are cold lakers, mm-hmm. people that live in cold lake. And so the idea of expanding the marina, say up to 400 more boats, uh, would be pretty exciting. And then, and then you could really put towards tourism and have, you know, maybe as many as 50 sites for for out-of-towners that come in uh, for the uh, the uh, you know the angler that uh, has a business uh, you know uh, guiding out on Coal Lake. Um, there's not too many guides, but uh, some of the guides up in the area do target Coal Lake because of lake trout fishing. It's it's unique in the province. So, you know, where we've got uh, the Wicked Water Sports in front of us tonight on council. If anybody's interested in uh, that, uh, on the city's website is the master plan for the expansion of the marina and some great. Uh, you know, options that were proposed. I think it was narrowed down to some so, uh, three options and council kind of had a priority. Um, but, uh, you know, the next step is actually in that uh, is financing because it'll take a uh, time to uh, get the approvals and stuff like that. But there's some really great plans that are there. And now with, uh, of course, council saw the Lakeshore development plan, uh, the Lakeshore Drive improvements to how it's going to tie in that whole area is going to, boy, that is a major facelift that's potential for that Lakeshore Drive area. Oh, I think Lakeshore Drive would be exciting if we can tie it in with the what we did at Kinnisoo Beach. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it looks like it's going to be a multi-year project, um, you know, but if it's going to change the, for those people that do live on Lakeshore, uh, we're going to go down to one one lane traffic. For most of it, not yeah, all of it. Not, yeah, not most all, of we'll it. have to figure out which yep. way to go. But, yeah. uh, and, and then widen it out and, and utilize the bank, improve the banks, to you know, stabilize the bank, uh, the shoreline there, mm-hmm. and take advantage of the height that you have there and, and make it really nice feature. Uh, the architect was, was talking about a, maybe a pier that would come out maybe on, on one of the streets uh, or avenues, I guess it would be, uh, out into the out, water. Out to the water, yeah. And so people that have uh, a small little boat or want to take their kids out on the dock, uh, maybe kids want to jump in the water. Yeah, there's other and, options now. So, yeah, uh, yeah so, yeah. you know, we, we try not to have, encourage anybody to jump off the marina uh, and into the water, but we know what happens. Uh, this this gives the kids that want to go swimming in the lake uh, an opportunity uh, another, for a raft. Yeah, yeah, in between the marina and the uh, the beach, right? Yeah, so. and it, it's a good spot because not too many boaters go along that route right along the, the in front of the marina to that side. So it's it's going to be an exciting project and we'll see where council funds it. I think uh, during the COVID period here, we've had some you know, really good discussions uh, that have developed and, and some significant changes for the city, you know, where uh, it, we're looking very promising on ID349 and, and the long history on that file to maybe come to a close uh soon and so uh you know i think that's great strides and of course uh working with the md of council on the uh, icf the inter 
Municipal Collaboration yeah. Framework. Yeah, some yeah, big mouthful there. But um, the ICFs are supposed to be uh, designed so that uh, if your municipality impacts the uh, other municipality for in terms of the residents' uh, level uh, services on, in your community, that uh, the formula uh, gets developed and sort of uh, compensation either way. And so uh, we've had a great meetings with, with the, the Revenus Council, and uh, we're getting close. I think the, 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 the two councils have been very, very well together. Together, yeah. um, and it's been a very positive uh, atmosphere in trying to work out, uh, you know, the uh, what what's in scope, what's out of scope, and how we can help each other within the region. I think that's that's been a tremendous improvement, and it's uh, I have to give kudos to both uh, municipal councils doing a great job on that. Yeah, and uh, so we get that signed off uh, in the coming weeks, and then of course uh, we got. Uh, you know, um, we've been waiting a while, uh, but the Minister of Municipal Affairs came out with uh, his de- his decision on on ID three forty nine, and and I thought his uh, memo that he uh, gave us and the other municipalities was was bang on, and uh, gave us clear direction, and uh, and now that led to uh, you know a meeting of uh, the three the four municipalities and uh, that are involved. And of course, uh, the first meeting went really well, and uh, you know that's looking very promising. And so, you know, the minister in his letter, um, you know, you don't, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to to understand what he said. He basically doesn't want to see three forty nine exist anymore. And so, uh, you know, that that's um, encouraging the direction he's given. And and he, you know, the four of us got four municipalities got together and, and really focused on that and what kind of solution. But he also wanted uh, the councils to think. Uh, about boldness, you know, and so uh, you know, I think there were some good discussions on that, and uh, it could be a template that uh, could be utilized uh, elsewhere in the province. But it gave us uh, clear direction in terms of the two settlements, the two Métis settlements, and we have always said uh, over the years that uh, when this was introduced, that the ID three forty nine money was not going to work for the the two settlements in any fashion in terms of giving them the kind of money that they desperately need in the two settlements. And so the two settlements really need to work with the province. That's what we've always argued is the province was needs to step in and take a look at the Métis settlements and are they funded properly uh, in order to um, sustain themselves. And and 349 money just isn't um, this pot of money that... uh, is really that large to help all communities involved, and so I think the minister gave some clarity on on those two settlements. And that, and, that clarity uh, was for the 2019 uh, year, yep. um, going backwards is what it is, and 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 provided some instructions to for the, each municipalities or for all the municipalities to work together for 2020 and beyond. Yep. And I think uh, right now that conversation uh, for respectfully for our listeners is is that it's in camera right now. All the discussions are happening. Uh, um, each prospective council. Is is uh, will be the group has met and uh, the information is going to be funneled over the next little while back to all the municipal councils in order to ma- uh, prepare a joint submission to the minister of municipal affairs. Yeah, no, it's looking really good and uh, and it, you know it's amazing when uh, you know the minister came in and gave really good uh, instructions and I we, we thank him because I think we we really needed some clarity and and he provided that so that's great great on the behalf of the province. You know, so what'll be ironic for us, uh, City Collect Council, is that we may be able to step into to uh, the budget deliberations for 2021 with actually a, a better idea of uh, what kind of funding. Because what, what happened in the 2020 budget deliberations, we were very uncertain of what kind of money 
that we're going to have. Yeah, we've really retracted, right? Yeah. So the the budget is one of its smallest in the last six, seven years. So um, that tells you that in future years, so a heavy play will be over the next couple of months is working with uh, administratively preparing uh, some framework for the future reinvestment um, plan and uh, investment strategy for the city of Cold Lake. And then uh, getting some advice and some some comments back from council of what they would like to see in the reinvestment strategy. Yeah, no, it's going to be exciting. And, you know, it's a shout out to the Cold Lake Brewing. And so if uh, maybe their their new lounge will be set up uh, in the new building in the north, and uh, maybe that's where we'll be doing our budget uh, deliberations for oh, 2020. strategic planning on the top of the second story Absolutely. of the, the Cold Lake Brewery. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, I'm sure the owners will uh, accommodate us in uh, an open air format so that we can, you know, be all uh, legal with the COVID, but uh, you got to give uh, the uh, the uh, the owner some uh, credit on that uh, design. Um, you know that's one of the you know initial that I've seen in this community that was a prefabricated uh, concrete uh, design, and it was all flowing into place. Um, you know, the last one that we did was actually the Cold Lake Energy Center phase two that was like that, right? So, um, that is very innovative and you can see how fast it goes up. Uh, It's a whole different, uh, process of, uh, of building rather than stick build or, or, or pouring concrete in place. So that was, uh. That was uh, fascinating to see it go into place. Good for them. Yeah, a lot of businesses sort of, we've talked about this in a press release, you know, we kind of sat back and said, you know, considering how bad the economy has been in 2019 and 220, a lot of businesses have popped up. Uh, Some did some uh, um, fixing up of their existing building and some built new. I mean, uh, look at M&M Meats, uh, moved from over by uh, the Walmart area and over to a new site, uh, was an old building there. and It uh, looks bigger. When and it looks, it's, yeah, uh, it's you know, bigger. Fantastic. And, yeah. you know, it's Expansion. so on the commercial side, you know, there's been a, a, a local uh, uh, individual who has uh, several big businesses here in Coal Lake, uh, bought out uh, the old Lake City building, and he and that person's going to uh, to repurpose that building too. So, you know, that's uh, that's right on Main Street, and that's uh, sort of a centerpiece, uh, you know, location in Coal Lake. So that'll be exciting. And, of course, we had a hair salon uh, that... Uh, purchased uh, an old building and they did the Over same by thing. by the SO here in Cold Lake yeah, South. Yeah, they, they gutted their building and uh, and repurposed it. So, you know, there's been, um, you know, uh, of course, uh, the big chains have come in. Uh, uh, Starbucks, uh, Edo, yeah, yeah that Edo, was great yeah. to see too, yeah. And of course, Burger King. And yeah, of course, BK. Burger King was long awaited and um, it was the talk of the town was the lineups. And, um, you know, I think it sort of spoke to covid when uh, I was talking to this oil field person that uh, was in the lineup, and uh, he was on a teleconference for an hour, and he managed to be in the lineup and do his whole tele- teleconference, and it took him about two hours to get served with a burger. But, you know, he was up on 16th, but he was willing to sit there because because of COVID, he's working from the house. Uh, about an, over an hour, I don't know. I heard, you know, I've got connections on feedback on, like, two and a half closer to three hours in length. So that's, yeah. you know. A lot of people with a lot of time on their hands were well, willing you know, to it's, go. It's, it's a classic for Cold Lake, right? Uh, actually, you hear this time and time again on uh, when new businesses start. and it, it shows the community support for our businesses locally here. Um, but, uh, you know, even between Edo, Starbucks, and uh, uh, our previous uh, major openings for chains, you know, they come in and go, you know, their initial first weeks 
are amongst the best when they compare it to other their other comparable chains within the within the system that and 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 to the points of sometimes they're they don't even have enough stock and they're running out of stock in order to keep servicing the people uh, you know each time these ones open it happened at you know Starbucks you know you, you heard that and uh, and then BBK uh, was out of they were running out of burgers right it was just tomatoes tomatoes yeah they were you know it was uh, but that's uh, that shows you the support from the community to the local businesses and that's a, that's a positive sign for, yeah. for Cold Lake. We always have a big wave in the beginning for any any new business. It's great. You know, I, I think it speaks to the uh, the amount of people that come to Cold Lake also to do their business to, to and, you know, even though our population is roughly 15,000 and then you probably got another several thousand outside in the MD of Bonneville around Cold Lake, there's so many people that come from elsewhere to come to Cold Lake to do, do a lot of their shopping, go visit the hospital. We saw the accounts coming out of Emerge uh, in, in you know per year and they're they're massive uh, numbers uh, on a per capita basis. Yeah, it serviced all the way out to Meadow Lake, right? Yeah. So um, in Saskatchewan, and you saw that during the COVID, is as our grocery stores, uh, uh, Walmart, and uh, they were all no, no uh, you know right out to uh, right out into deep Saskatchewan. They're coming into coming into when they look at the postal codes. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, a good uh, shout out to all the businesses that, you know, in the beginning stayed open, you know, especially the on the food side, uh, they did a great job in containing the crowds. And they, and of course, everybody put up these face shields everywhere now. And uh, so that They're takes... called spit shields or yeah, whatever. I don't know. That's a little, a little weird, bit, uh, right? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think all the businesses adapt and uh, I don't think you can buy Pexiglass anymore right now. I mean, I think everybody's out of it, but... Uh, you know, it's everybody's adapting and weaving, and it's good now. We're hearing the uh, next phases will be opening up, uh, and so that'll allow other businesses now to open up that aren't. And then, of course, the city will have to sort of look at the uh, press release on the next phase and see when we're going to yeah, deal with the uh, recreation. The council's considering a, uh, uh, you know, in order to try to continue with development, and uh, there, there's the amendment to the land use bylaw for micro-cannabis. So it's going to, you know, that's uh, positive. I think council's actually hearing that uh, public hearing. That's uh, tonight. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's an exciting project, and, uh, you know, you know, cannabis has been uh, popular. Uh, there's no doubt about it, but it's the uh, the products that uh, you don't necessarily, uh, you know, need to smoke it to uh, enjoy it. So, uh, uh, you know, there's a ability to use uh, uh, that uh, in in a different fashion, and uh, so they want to come in and and manufacture the product in a small form. Uh, in a small space in Coal Lake, it's exciting. And who knows, uh, you know, maybe the business can really grow and flourish and, and Coal Lake will be known for, for that product. And so anything's possible. I mean, there's a lot of talented people in Coal Lake on the art side and, uh, you know, people making a lot of design, a lot of home-based businesses that, uh, you know, just need a little little helping hand in the way, the way they go. Yeah, I think it's positive. So uh, the city's rewriting its uh, business license bylaw. Um, so we'll see that in the coming months, uh, come forth for the community. And, uh, yeah, I think we're in, a, I think, I think Cold Lake is in a good place. And I think, uh, subject to the, uh, you know, all this reopening, Cold Lake should come out strong and, uh, and strong development afterwards. So, yeah, no, there's a lot of information. Certainly the chamber of Cold Lake uh, put out a lot of information for any of the chamber members, uh, if they needed to figure out a federal form, uh, they had it up on their website. So, you know, I think there is a lot of uh, sharing of information from the, the different organizations that are here to help uh, business, whether at home or, or, you know, just 
you know, some of the banks still aren't even, uh, I don't think, have returned their employees to work. So everybody's, uh, you know, adapting to this uh, thing. But I think, you know, I think going into this summer, I think we're going to see, you know, it all come flowing back. I think the the D&D the, the, on the base, they haven't had all their people come back to work yet. So I think over time, uh, things will start to slowly ramp up. Well, I think uh, uh, the Premier has uh, indicated uh, his announcement and Dina Hinshaw that uh, this Friday, um, uh, the stage two is uh, going is being launched. Uh, the relaunch strategy is being launched uh, early, as of this Friday, and that includes all restaurants now at full capacity, uh, and 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 uh, and a number almost almost everything is now is able to open, and uh, also include accelerated uh, items in the uh, stage three, um, including things like rec centers and gyms and stuff like that are all able to open. So the definitely the relaunch strategy has opened, and I think that again in your community. I think your your community's been waiting for it um, uh, patiently, and uh, you know I think they've done a good job during the time that they had to have things uh, shut down, right? So well, I, you know I moved to Alberta in you know late I think it was nineteen eighty or something, and I could never get over the fact that out here they don't play ball. Uh, baseball in the summertime you know in Ontario you're playing ball you know all summer long and uh, so you know maybe through through this whole COVID thing uh, community sports will reevaluate maybe doing baseball and soccer during the summer and so uh, because people have a lot of time on their hands and so uh, you know maybe the minor sports will come to us now and say hey you know we're gonna we're going to work with the rules, and uh, maybe can we have the sports fields? Uh, we have that uh, beer league uh, baseball request for a slow pitch, uh, that, that email that came out. So, I mean, uh, I think you're going to see more of this because people are going to look at their life and go, well, what am I going to do for July and August? I'm going to be at home. How do I keep my kids busy? And I, I, I've been telling you this. I think a lot of parents are going to be screaming to the city to say anything that you can do to, to help uh, get my kids active because they've been sitting there at home. Uh, you, you know, you see it at night when the night when we do have good weather. I mean, we've been we've been inundated with rain, but uh, you know, when the when the sun does come out, you see kids just starting to congregate now. So more more of the youth now are coming out of their houses and starting to sort of hang out. And of course, Kinnisoo Beach is starting to be uh, pretty popular down there at night and. Uh, so it's going to be fascinating how yeah, the, the summer city rolls has up. reopened most of its uh, playgrounds, uh, soccer fields. Uh, everything's pretty much open. Our baseball diamonds are a little bit uh, behind schedule just because we, you know, a late start. We didn't have all the staffing because of the COVID nineteen uh, situation, and so everything's kind of is backed up a few or several weeks right now. Actually, and 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 speaking to that, uh, you know, we hear the the premier speak and Dina Hinshaw saying that the reopening strategy uh, for phase two and phase three are opening are parts. Of phase three is reopening ahead of schedule as of this Friday. Um, I just want to caution that that doesn't mean that everything can be opened on our side when it comes to physical assets. And the biggest example is, is that when they say the word gym, uh, bear with us that we need to understand what the restrictions are. We don't have, you know, when a, an announcement is made by the politicians, we don't know if, what the actual rules are until they actually send them to us and post it on that alberta.ca website. And they are, they change Frequently, it's very fluid. And then the second piece of that is, uh, is um, you know, when we don't have the staff in place right now, because right now, for example, the energy center is ramped down, um, we need time to ramp back up again. 
right? And uh, that that same issue exists. Uh, we have uh, staff being dispatched to different areas of the city, working in public works, working in uh, um, in and at the marina, and working at the golf course. And, and I'm pretty sure that those other areas don't want to shut down because we're going to move everybody back to the energy center. So we need to have bring that all back in. And uh, if we're able to, it'll be a staged back in once we get those uh, get those instructions. Right on. You know, talking about uh, exercise, it was great to to see. Uh, all of the people walking and riding bikes. I mean, I just getting people outside. I think uh, people are taking up uh, new activities and walking that, their dogs. Walking. I'm more, seeing more more, more animals uh, and dogs being out for walks. I, I don't know if the community went all went and got pets. Everybody, everybody got a dog. Yeah, me. But uh, you know, uh, an oh, interesting oh, yeah, worship. Yeah, come, okay. no, oh, come on. Come I know on. who's going to walk the dog at five in the morning. Um, <laughs> the the mountain bike park that uh, had a lot of good feedback on that on there they just started to uh finish that up last fall and and we've heard a lot of people are using the, the bike park it's quite popular it it uh, is quite challenging i'm understanding so cold lake doesn't build uh, anything uh too easy like uh, our i know our motocross track is one of the toughest tracks in uh, western canada so uh good for the bike park that's a volunteer-based group that uh, took it upon themselves to to really champion that they wanted to have a a park in town and uh, so hopefully they'll they'll be adapting more phases and, and it's just a beautiful well, yeah, site right below the marine uh, museum budget. yeah there's still budget there um between because the uh, md bonneville um contributed funding as well so there's still um budget uh, collectively between uh, the two organizations between both municipalities um i understand it's been just delayed by weather um they were supposed to get out there last week to start on uh, on and continuing with the trails on the development of the trails that are out there so yeah the museum yep. is a, just a great location the, the the society the museum society came in front of us for a, an observation tower that's pretty that's pretty exciting um and so hopefully that will get funded uh, eventually whether it's this year or next year and uh but you know the vistas up there are quite you know you don't, you can't really see the lake from over there but uh you certainly can see to the uh, to the west and to the south and it's quite quite spectacular up there so the more that we can enhance that area the greater uh, traffic the museum is a hidden gem for those that have never gone through it there's lots of uh, lots of great stuff in there so you know that those are good activities uh you're staying home in cold lake and you know kevin we funded this thing called the fiber optic and um, you know all the techies and all the gamers out there probably know what fiber optic for for a fish guy like me, I'm like, what the heck's a fiber optic? But uh, you guys were all pretty excited about this project, uh, this uh, piece of pipe that uh, now can move uh, communications, uh, allow the sports teams that do come into the Energy Center to use uh, the uh, broadcast or hockey games. And, of course, I imagine every student at, uh, at that goes to the Energy Center for school is now going to have super fast uh, wireless. Oh, yeah, well, the uh, fiber backbone is uh, being able to have something from City Hall all going through most of the city facilities, including the Fire Hall in the south, uh, FCSS facility, um, the Energy Center, and uh, up at the Public Workshop. So um, while the water line went in for the Bonneville water line, uh, we've installed a, uh, a, a dark conduit in there for fiber optic. And, uh, so that way we can create a fiber optic backbone, which I think, uh, even not only for our use, uh, for leasing out space, I'm pretty sure that your private sector is going to have interest of a fiber backbone going right through your community. Um, this will have, uh, impact on speeds, especially when you look at the energy center, we've never really had the uh, bandwidth out there to really open it up. So, uh, cause we have data that's flowing for city hall that's going in there and uh 
um, this will allow some much bigger opportunity for a lot more bandwidth to be able to connect to, to connect that to that infrastructure. What about during concerts? Is this going to help the concerts? Well, it'd be able to do some different things with those concerts, right? Because those concerts is want, wanting, you know, uh, to be able to have bandwidth, to be able to either do something streaming or something like that. And we're very limited. Once you open it up, um, you're on air on the airwaves and it was very difficult to uh, maintain the, uh, the proper bandwidth. This will help that. And when is Kid Rock? When you, when you got Kid Rock coming in? And New Year's Eve in oh, Kuwait? Is that we haven't signed you, uh, anything for oh, Kid Rock, sir. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I, he's yeah, listening to yeah. this podcast. That'd be I'm just cool. curious because that yeah, was our I'm big. I'm looking uh, for, for Def Leppard, Kid Rock. These are all <laughs> these are all performance uh, goals for uh, having shows. You know, I, I really think that uh, 2020, if we can close off the year and, and everybody get together, I mean, I think we should really go back into putting, bringing in music again at the Energy Center. And we got to liven the place up. And we need a party. We need, I think we need to have a relief, you know, just a beer fest, a good old beer fest like the old days. And uh, the Chambers Feast on the Beach is coming up this fall. I think, I think we need, I think that hopefully is going to be a go. I think that's going to be fun. Uh, The weather's going to be fantastic. And, uh, uh, you know, good for the chamber for taking out such a huge hit. Um, I but I understand the the big problem from them is are the food trucks even operating this year because they've yeah. been devastated, right? And so that that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, uh, hopefully that can be a go. But uh, you know, such a write off from Big Valley to uh, Craven. Uh, you know, our air show all being canceled, uh, just devastating for the local economy, the hotels and the and the food industry, restaurants. Uh, just a write off. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, council uh, just recently just passed their tax rate bylaw. Um, Did they? Yeah, yeah. And uh, of course, you annually you do get this these comments sometimes, uh, and they're associated when 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 your municipal council. I know other communities do it differently because you you know depending on the games that are played um, on how to sell it to a community of what they're doing you maintain the same tax rates or um, but the issue is at the end of the day is is that um, when the city Cold Lake uh, sets up and says it's a zero percent tax increase it is in fact a zero percent tax tax increase on the average home right that uh, of the assessments because the municipality can, does not have any control on setting the assessed value of all properties. And those go up and down depending on the neighborhood and the type of home you have and different factors. So for the city of Cold Lake, for example, this year, I think the average, uh, the assessment of the community decreased by, I think it was like 3.4%. So so if your house assessment decreased at 3.4% and the municipal council did a 0% tax increase, that means your taxes are the same as last year. Subject on the municipal component, and this is where it gets even more confusing because the city council doesn't get to control the education component. So, in fact, if you had a zero percent tax increase this year, your total tax bill now went dropped because the education education uh, uh, taxes went down a little bit, right? Yeah. So, uh, it, now if conversely, let's just use this as an example: your house only uh, is the same value this year as it was last year. That would mean you are paying more now mm-hmm. of the of the pie, and versus that, if your house dropped more than that three point four percent, your taxes would go down even further. So, um, when the city Cold Lake views the taxes increase, for example, if we need to collect uh, twenty million dollars in municipal taxes um, last year, it means that we're going to collect twenty million million dollars of municipal taxes this year. It's the same number. 
And that's what we're saying here. It's just the disbursement council as on an individual property by property cannot control your assessed value of your property on an individual basis of uh, throughout the community. Yeah, I think the only yeah. way you could do that, I, you know, I mean, thinking about this from the email that we got is like you would look at each rate payer and if uh, your goal on council was 0% straight across for everybody, you'd have to look at each tax bill and come in and compensate that that maybe through uh, municipal surplus or something to, to so that that person got a zero, you give them a $200 credit or whatever. Like it's very complicated. And, you know, I look at my own house. I know that in, um, in two years ago, uh, my assessment uh, dropped. And then this year, of course, my assessment stayed flat. And so, uh, you know, so it goes back what you're saying. So, um, you know, it's a very difficult game on, on trying to do it. You know, our job is, is it's better to budget for the average. The average, I mean, that's just what you, that's the best information you got is treat everybody as an average and, and away you go. What's interesting is, um, you know, if assessments are dropping, uh, if the value of, of residential property in the city dropped by 3.4%, then the mill rate goes up because you're still trying to collect the same amount of taxes. And what happens out there, especially during the go-go years, what you saw is, is assessments were going up and some municipalities kept their mill rate the same. And so they're actually collecting even more money. And, and so everybody does the, uh, the tax setting of the mill rate different. Some municipalities do not move the, the mill rate at all. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so on, on Coal Lake, we've always managed it the way you described it. And, and, and by and large, it seems to work. We do get um, a lot of the residents uh, along the lake because the lake property can really vary on, on year to year in terms of value on recent sales. And so we saw... Last year, uh, in the summertime, some property Got right on the lake there. gets sold, and yeah. uh, so they're individual lots, and so the land itself is so it has gone valued, uh, yeah. so high now. And yeah. if you're close to the lake, um, the, by you know across the street or a block away, those houses are still holding value because people you know want to be in the north by the lake. You know, another approach with a you know when I spoke to a resident is well, why can't you adjust my tax rate? to make sure I get a 0% tax increase then. Well, your issue then is is that there would be that many different tax rates in the community because, again, you don't control the actual assessment that it comes from. They all are different for every home. That percentage change is yeah. different for every home. Yeah, and, and Troy, the assessor, has kind of walked council through it. He usually sets the assessment in October. Uh, so when you, you know, I think it's October, usually it sort of inputs all the data and then you get it, uh, you get that notice in, I think it's January, February, about yeah. what your value of your home is. Yeah. And so people can always come to city hall and uh, there's a period of time where they can challenge the, uh, what the assessment value, of course, when it comes to selling your home, that's a different world. And, uh, you know, you may look at the city's assessment and say, wow, my house is worth a lot more than that. And of course, you can see the houses out there that are are, are listing listing their house probably higher than what the city's assessing. So you, at. you can see that it, if if your house was assessed at three hundred thousand, and your house then got sold for three hundred twenty five thousand dollars, there's going to be a significant change in assessment in that neighborhood. Absolutely, right, and that's impacting your neighbors everybody else, when those types of things occur, right? When those adjustments or that, those types of anomalies do happen. You know what, driving around the city, what's really, and then driving, I won't mention other communities, but uh, with my other job in life, uh, I get to see a lot of places. And, uh, you know, it's really quite fascinating. As bad as the economy is, 
you know, Coal Lake doesn't have a lot for sale signs. And uh, so we're, you know, relatively speaking, uh, you know, the inventory of homes out there uh, versus the economy, it's not bad. I mean, I was in a, co- a community the other day and I was shocked by the amount of for sale signs. And so, you know, I think by and large, Coal Lake is in good standing. I think when the, the, the D&D do, does the big hiring for expanding on the on the base here with a lot of construction going to go happen here soon on the on new, new fighter jet program and the hangars coming down. And then, of course, when Trans Mountain gets finally built and willing to accept some oil, I think this area here is going to really see some uh, some real growth potential. And of course, our, our one of our biggest uh, dilemmas for future development in Coal Lake is our the famous Fisher Pond. And so, uh, you know, we yeah. this is a huge issue for our community in Coal Lake South uh, behind McDonald's. Uh, shout out to the McDonald's there. Is uh, there's a pond there that. Uh, we have to change it, change it, it out. Be deepened and uh, built out for a stormwater management pond so we don't have flooding going on, right? Yeah. So that in order for the new homes to go in. And look at the flooding that's going on right now. I mean, this, these rains throughout the province, if if, uh, if stormwater management doesn't speak volumes, uh, you know, for municipalities over the last 72 hours, I don't know what does. And so, you know, I think uh, when you look at the ponds the city has built with the developers, uh, over the last, say, 10 years, you know, when you look at the water that came down, by and large, all these storm water ponds did absolutely fantastic. Now, we're dumping a lot of our water either into Coal Lake or in the Beaver River. And, of course, Beaver River is it's like, swelling up. it is, yeah. you know, it's huge. But, uh, you know, we've got well, this. Well, Palm Creek was uh, was busting at the seams, too. Uh, if, yeah. In fact, it, uh, um, what is that, hole number nine hole out number at the, uh, the Coldy Golf and Winter Club? The bridge is, uh, bridge is down, so. The bridge is nowhere now. Is yeah. That, is well, that the name it's kind of sitting there on its, its precarious. side. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to go on that thing. No. So, yeah, this is a, it's a feeder creek uh, that feeds eventually into, into Beaver River, and uh, these creeks are swollen, and, uh, you know, this is happening all over. Uh, you just have to drive, and it's just all this standing water. But, you know, going back to Fisher Pond, that, that is huge with five different developers at the table with the city working on this pond uh, and, and to repurpose this pond and then allow a couple hundred, if not 400, 500 lots, uh, subdivisions throughout in the Colic South. And so the big fear right now is that if this doesn't get finalized, uh, uh, we've got all these developers walking. And is is Cold Lake ready for shovel-ready lots? Do we have enough shovel-ready lots and in order to be ready, say, for 2024-25? We need the developers in there starting to move dirt right now. Yeah, no, uh, and the issue comes down to is is we've been waiting for approvals. It's not that you know we're ready to start putting shovels in the ground. Um, the developers were ready to put the shovels in the ground. We had a you know a private public partnership. The city of Cold Lake was uh, I think about almost half. I think just it might have been just shy of fifty percent of that project uh, and and the funding share of a multi million dollar project. And um, because of the approvals have now taken three, four, five years. Uh, actually, yeah, we're about five, five years into the process, and I think three years since the uh, um, since uh, Alberta Environment has truly gotten back to us, and uh, we can't get anything done because there's no approval. Yeah, and, you know, we're, we're bringing this to light because you know when you sit back and you look at uh, the the lots on the market right now that people could. You know, Coal Lake is, uh, does a lot of spec houses. So uh, people that build houses put a house out there and they put it on the market for spec and somebody comes along and says, yeah, I like that house. You don't see a lot of 
custom build houses uh, anymore. Uh, and certainly, uh, you know, the amount of inventory of lots for that is, is, is dwindling. And so my concern is, is that, uh, you know, if we get another boom here, are we going to have any lots available if we don't have any dirt flying and starting to put in water, sewer, roads, and infrastructure in place uh, when the next boom comes here? And I, I, I think Coal Lake's in a bad spot. I, I, it's one of my biggest concerns is if uh, jobs return to this area increase in a big way, I, I should say, uh, I don't know if we're going to have enough lots. Yeah, there's still areas like you have that area by the hospital. Some, right? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of inventory, right? But, uh, there, you know... There's going to be investor, you know, confidence questions, right? And, uh, but uh, a good example of starting to put, uh, build roads is, and, and getting ready for future development is the 8th Street project, right? So you have Cold one Lake side, North. yeah, in the Cold Lake North by, uh, yeah, the, you have one side of the road that is developed, you know, over by the arena, the North Arena side. Um, and then you have the areas to the, uh, to the West that has that new subdivision, right. In the, in the Levee of Heights, but you know, you need to, it needs water lines from the city side, right. Offsite levies is paying for most of those projects in order to help, um, with future development. So that way you don't, you know, so as much as we can within reason is starting to build out, but, uh, looks like North is a little bit better, but the South here, you know, you're all hung up right now with the Fisher Pond and, uh, we're waiting for approvals. Yeah, good plug for the North Arena there. So uh, we had minor hockey come in front of us uh, uh, during the COVID, uh, uh, that was pre-COVID, I guess, maybe, but talking about saving the North. And so now that the city has some uh, clarity maybe on on a couple of funding envelopes, I'm sure it'll come back to council to revisit the North. But, uh, uh, you know, it's exciting. You know, what people talk about is J.J. Parr. The city doesn't actually manage J.J. Parr arenas. Yeah. And so uh, for minor hockey, their big concern, of course, is the city was going down to two ice sheets. And so uh, we'll have a good debate on the North Arena. Keep that barn open. We we found out that that was built in the in the late 60s. Yeah, the original phase. There's some renovations that occurred through the time, but uh, yeah. And a little bit of uh, love on that building. It probably could go up for another 50 years. No, no, so, no. Uh, what, did, uh, what did the delegation there, uh, Mr. Shout out to Mr. Lauren Woke there. He said he likes the ice in that North Arena more than the... Uh, uh, yeah. Energy center, just uh, yeah. yeah. They have those old time hockey, right? Yeah, old time hockey players will say the ice is yeah, better than the north. Yeah, pretty consistent. Yeah, it's closer yeah. to the water tre- uh, water treatment plant. Uh, the incoming water well, got more chlorine in the water. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think okay. uh, Dave has told me that uh, many times at the water plant that uh, the north's got more chlorine and it makes better <laughs> ice. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, I think that's it. Oh, wait, we're done yeah. for our show. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, we're going to keep on doing this. We're, we're out of COVID, out of isolation. And, uh, and you know, I just uh, shout out to everybody in our community. They did a great job during all of this uh, COVID. Uh, and, uh, you know, going forward, I, I, we're excited. Uh, get the businesses opening up and go support uh, as best you can uh, local business. Yeah, right on. Thank you.